The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I'm one of your hosts, and my name is Jimmy, and I will be your skipper on this episode of the tour. And with me, as always, is my first mate and little buddy of the show, Tag. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And on this podcast, we celebrate classic, iconic TV shows as we break them down one episode at a time. What we do, Tag, as you know, mm-hmm. we take this episode, hey, we break its ass down. Oh, for sure. We do a very shitty and slightly offensive impersonation only to capture all your friends lock them in bamboo and then fall asleep allowing for an easy getaway (laughs) all for you our listener (laughs) on today's episode we look at gilligan's island season one episode 15 entitled so sorry my island now look at me sure i'm the captain now If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Gilligan's Island is available to stream nowhere Mm. for free, Mm. but it is available to purchase on Apple TV and Amazon Prime. Prime. Or you can do what we did and buy the series DVD box set available now through our Amazon affiliate link located on our website at www.averybradypodcast.com slash shop. It's a great way to support the show. That's right, Jimmy. To lift, to lift and cradle the show. (laughs) And And you'll be our supporter. Just, you know, put it in, put it, put us in your little pocket there. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, it'll lift and support. Right, bro? (laughs) (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) Sorry. Oh, Jimmy Klein. I swear. Yeah. So how was your week? Uh, my week was okay. Um, it was um, uneventful, really. Nothing too exciting going on. Just hmm. working. Um, right on. That's really about it. Yours? Uh, it was, well, we didn't have any hurricanes, so that's kind of nice. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> hmm. My last week at the site I was supporting at work, so now I get sent back to my home site, which is exciting and fun. Yeah. So, I mean, people were like, oh, you're leaving. What? I'm like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, that's kind of neat. That's kind of cool. Keen, wicked. <laughs> All those things. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so before we jump in, like. Yeah. I, I keep. I know this is weird, and I know you're going to think I make some kind of fart joke, but I keep. I keep smelling whiffs of something. Like, do you smell that? Hold on. You got to smell like into your microphone. Oh, like, so I'm trying to get closer. Yeah. 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 <sighs> you smell that? Yes. What is that? That smell. That. Wait, hold on. That. <laughs> That's Jim Larson's famous uh, uh, freaking uh, yams and smellows. It is. And that's. You smell you. I know you smell that other thing. That's. What? That, I think that's that's Pepe. I think that's Axe body spray. <laughs> no, no. Wait a minute. I take that back. That's turkey. Yes. Yes. That is turkey. Hell yeah. <laughs> turkey. Me- 
mashed potatoes. I, suppose. I think it's yeah. coming from that's Jenny. That's Jenny. Jenny. I yeah. think Jenny's the mashed potato because she makes those special kind. Yeah. Something else coming in. Okay. Oh, the, and Emmy Kate. Oh, wait. Ooh, Emmy Kate needs to check on her stuff. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's in there too long. Something yeah, doesn't yeah. smell too right there. But that's okay. Jill, I can smell it, Jill. Jill, I can smell it. We all do that, Jill. Don't be embarrassed. Oh, Jill made homemade cranberry sauce. Oh, Jill. Jill, Jill, Jill. No, 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 no. Canned jellied cranberry yeah, yeah, sauce. Yeah. That's really the yes. only way to go. Yes. But anyways, all that to say, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And like, why are you guys downloading podcasts on Thanksgiving Day, man? Aren't you supposed to be watching like Hand Egg and stuff? So... <laughs> We know we know Jenny is. We know Jenny sitting oh, on yeah. for Laura. She ain't listening to us right now. No. She's gonna listen to us and go, Thanksgiving was yesterday. Oh, right. That's yeah. what Jenny that's mm-hmm. that's what Jenny's saying right now. Mm-hmm. She ain't listening to us. But then again, let's be sensitive, unlike this episode. Oh um, here we go. Everybody always has a big butt. We we do have international listeners. That's true, we do. So um you know, this episode had an impersonation in it, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some people might like that impersonation. Some people might not. Mm-hmm. But in light of there being an international impersonation on this episode, Tack mm-hmm. is now going to do an impersonation that's international in nature. Go ahead, Tack. Oh, oh, oh okay. Uh, uh, Good eye. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. There you go. Right, that's it. Yeah, that's that's London. That's Australian, Jimmy. Oh shit! They okay, it. they don't they don't have Thanksgiving in Australia, right? I don't know. No, they do in they, Canada. If they did, if they did, if they did, you know they would call it Turkey Day. <laughs> they would call it like Turkey Turkey or something. You know what I mean? They'd have oh, like yeah, a cool yeah, name they for always it. have cutesy yeah. like shortenings for everything. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably instead of having Thanksgiving, it'd probably be like, uh, oh, happy, happy, thank you, day, you know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, danky. Thank you, danky. Yeah. But in in light of you, of that, we actually, we have a, a voicemail from, from one of our listeners. We do. That comes to us from the land down under. Oh, land down under. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, Let's listen. This is from Glenn Glenn, the man, the man with a name so nice he said it twice. So uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, let's Glenn. listen to what Glenn Glenn has to say. All right. Hey, guys. Glenn from Australia. Uh, Sunday afternoon poker game. Love the show. The reason why Ginger Grant in episode 12 couldn't have a Kerry Grant in her stocking was, well, she couldn't exactly have a, uh, a torched uh, James Dean. But imagine if she'd asked, you know, for someone like Elvis. You know, who had a, uh, a, a history of, uh, absolute animalistic sexual behavior and his third favorite <laughs> hole was the vagina. It just, the visual there just wouldn't have worked. Love the show, guys. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Fucking nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We've had, we've had a few, uh, um, emails about that episode, specifically her calling out some old dude in her stocking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we appreciate the message, and I apologize. Yeah. I apologize for taking so long to to, to air it. You know, yeah, but, that's, um, that's awesome. Hell yeah, 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 man. You know, I know, I know. Australians love it when Americans like do impressions of their. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they find it very sensitive, and you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now that's so cool, Glenn. Glenn, that's awesome, and uh, yeah, we. Uh, you said something really. What did he? What did he post? Can I uh, commented on? I was like, oh, thanks, Let me man. check. Hold on. 
<laughs> you were like, did you just thank yourself? And I was like, oh, I put it in the wrong spot. <laughs> You're like, thanks, guys. I'm like, damn, you're arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, Glenn had also left us a um, a comment that said, uh, gold, guys, we love you here in Australia. It's a big effing surprise. It's Pesci, you know. The, well, there's oh, a, there's oh a he was doing the Joe Pesci yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was funny because you had, you had just randomly, thanks, man. I'm like, <laughs> really? So, anyways, yeah, we appreciate the. Um, okay, it's a fucking surprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we do appreciate it, but we also know we also if we ever go to Australia, we already know about drop bears. Yeah, we. So we've been we, forewarned about drop. Yeah, bears. we've we've been told to bring like an umbrella and shit. So drop we'll bear spray covered. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We're we're not suckers. We know how to. You're exactly. not going to be down there and be like, oh, oh we're unprepared for drop bears. You know, we got right, the spray. Yeah. Um, we, we're also, we haven't got them yet, but we are planning to get vaccinated for drop bears as well. Exactly. We have that all planned out. So we also know like, you know, you have an album over your right shoulder, ACDC, but you know what they call it down there? (laughs) What do they call it down there? They call it Akadaka. Are you sure about that? I feel like you're being insensitive right now. No, look it up. Google it. I'll wait. They always have fun names for everything too. It's not breakfast. It's brekkie. You know, like, well, Glenn, Glenn, if you're listening to this, man, like, like have my back and, and explain the tag. Like, hey, have my, ta- have my back and explain the tag. Um, <laughs> like, like, confirm whether I'm right or wrong. Do you guys call ACDC Akadaka? Like, that's. Yeah, I'm going to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was watching an ACDC documentary the other day about Bon, about bon Scott. And no. down at a lot of the concerts, they were interviewing people listening and they're saying, oh, we love Akadaka. Like, what? <laughs> so I looked it up and that's what they call it. That's cool. Yeah, I'd love to go to Australia, man. Oh. Yeah. Like you pointed out, they're like us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're like international us's. Yeah. We 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 have we have a bonding thing like, hey, you escaped your England, so do we. You know. <laughs> it's kinda like it's kinda like you, you, you start your first day, you know, at at work and you're wearing like a Metallica shirt or a Marshall Amplifier shirt or a Fender shirt or something. Yeah. And you walk into work and you see that other dude wearing a Marshall shirt. You're just like, my man, right there. That's <laughs> that's what we do when we look across the Pacific at each other. We're just like, right there. Hell yeah. <laughs> King Charles, am I right? <laughs> Glad we're not there anymore. Am I, am I right? <laughs> like, he was fucking crazy, wasn't he? <laughs> and you know what I mean? <laughs> no offense, England. It was just a joke. All right. So I guess on that note. <laughs> we're all trying to be. Nice to Australia. We're like totally bagging on England. We love we love all countries. Everybody's the same except England. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, those, you know about those guys. Well, since we're since we're still talking about Australia, have you ever tried Vegemite? I have not actually, but I would. I tried it one time. My friend Jeremy uh, got some because a friend of his went to Australia, and he told me he's like, "I got you. Got to try this." And he brings out this. It's on a, a cracker. Yeah. Um, and he brings that out and it looks like somebody had smeared like the inside of a fig noon. Yeah. In, on a cracker. That's kind of what it looked like, sort of. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so he tells me, he's like, you got to try this. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, just try it. And he goes, but you got to put the whole thing in your mouth. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I put the whole thing in my mouth and it it tastes like like the grease you pack bearings with. <laughs> like it, it tastes like car grease. Like you licked an engine block. That's what it tastes like. 
But I was later told, yeah, I was later told by somebody that you're supposed to, I guess, spread it, spread it really thin. You're not supposed to put like globs of it on. Oh, and he had put, he had put quite a bit on. Uh, mm-hmm. Marmite from England tastes similar, but um, yeah. So if you ever have a chance to try Vegemite, you should try. They make like tea out of it and they make sandwiches and stuff. Every um, Everything I know about Australia is from uh, the Men, Men at Work, Work song. So. Yeah. <laughs> he just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I guess on that note, um, <laughs> We'll take a little breaky. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Nice. Um, nice. Actually, I think that's what they call breakfast. Yeah. See, I'm all over that, Glenn Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I guess uh, we'll take a little break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, we'll jump into this. Nice. Nice. Fucking nice. Fucking right. nice. We, we will be back. So this is where we take our first break, and we will be back. And this is where I take my first break to the little podcaster's room. I will be right back. (laughs) All right. Have fun, but not too much fun. (laughs) Son, is that you? Oh, wow. Hi. Tack and Jimmy, I presume? Nope. I'm just Tack. I'm... Can I help you? How did you even get in here? Dude, I told you I was in the bathroom. Who are you talking... Oh. Hi, um, who is this? The name's Frank, but my friends call me Herbie McWafflebottom. Oh, hey, Herbie. No, Herbie. Anyways, I really need your help. Let me explain. I'm an elf, and I'm here for your assistance. Santa came to you a couple times for help and raved about the gifts he got. This year is his anniversary of being Santa, yada, yada, yada. And we wanted to get him something special. And I need to talk to H-E-I-C-O-G. Wait, our what? <sighs> Head elf in charge of gifts. Oh, is that all? Well, we really don't have elves. We just directed him to the website, fun.com. Yeah, I remember that. But while you're here, I've always wanted to ask this. Did any of the movies get the North Pole in the workshop right? And where do baby elves even come from? Does Santa really know all of your elf names? And when you fart, does it really smell like candy canes? No, no, I thought those were reindeer farts. But do elf boogers really taste like gingerbread? Ooh, I bet they do. Oh, I want gingerbread boogers. Right? Ooh, and is it true that tinsel comes from Santa's nose hairs? No, I thought there was the hairs from his... Can we focus, please? Get back to fun.com. Sorry. Um, but yeah, we told them about a few things on fun.com. They have ugly Christmas sweaters, and this year they've added sweaters from G.I. Joe, Lord of the Rings, and Hasbro. What do you think about that, Mr. McWaffle Iron? Ugh, it's McWaffle Bottom. But that's great you remember. You know, Santa does get cold when he watches Christmas movies. That's a good start. Do they have anything else? If you like that, then you'll also love their shoes and slippers. This year, Fun.com added Care Bears, Fraggle Rock, Labyrinth, The Nightmare Before Christmas, ooh, and even Michael Myers. Oh no, he still has nightmares about that movie. But he does love him some Fraggle Rock. Wait a minute, Santa watched Halloween? No, The Nightmare Before Christmas. They kidnapped Santa in that movie. Oh, good point. Well, this year, Fun.com added throw blankets. They have X-Men, Gremlins, The Dark Crystal, and The Princess Bride. Wow, I can see why Santa loves Fun.com. All those sound amazing. I think Santa will love them. So does Fun.com have elves I need to email or get a hold of or send a text? No, just go to Fun.com using the link on our show notes to receive 15% off your entire purchase. 
You guys are all right. I can see why Santa likes you. No problem at all. Hey, can you stay and do the show? Can't. It's bowling night, and tonight is two-for-one eggnog. Wait, they even have pet sweaters? Aw, Sugars is going to love that. Hey, have a Merry Christmas and enjoy your gifts. Even if you do wear, should I say, questionable Halloween costumes. I'll see ya. He kind of smelled like candy canes. He did. Wait. Ew. We are back. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have Gilligan's Island, season one, episode 15, entitled, So Sorry, My Island Now. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. Mm-hmm. So let's get into this, some facts about the episode. It first aired January 9th, 1965. Damn. Damn. Written by David P. Harmon. P stands for what? Penis. <laughs> Because he has one. <laughs> Directed by Alan Crossland Jr. Who was the name that we <laughs> enjoyed so much last week? What was that guy's <laughs> name? I don't know if it's anybody that we enjoyed. No, but, but he has we... such a cool name. It was like Shabazz P. Norton or something. Like, what was it? <laughs> it was Stanley Z. Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for him to do something else. Stanley Z. Cherry. All right. Anyways, sorry. According to IMDb. Like many episodes, this one has no real conclusion. Mm -hmm. The Japanese sailor is unable to properly pilot his mini sub, very mini sub, Mm -hmm. because Gilligan has his glasses. He never leaves the lagoon. (laughs) What becomes of him is a mystery. Oh, Oh, damn. Um. I wonder if he found any gold at the bottom when he crashed his car. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, during the production of this episode, extra footage was filmed for quote unquote flashbacks in the later episode. Diogenes, won't you please go home? I hate that. Like, go the fuck home. You know what I mean? Like, oh, damn, Diogenes, what are you right? doing? Yeah. Overstaying your welcome. It's kind of like when you have company over and you just want to listen to the very pretty podcast and they won't get the fuck out of your house. Mm, you you guys know what I mean. You know, Thanksgiving is over. Fucking yeah. go. Like, I'm full. I want to listen to AVB. You can watch football at your own damn house. Mm-hmm. The part of the Japanese Submariner was played by Italian-American actor Vito Scotti. Hmm. You mean he wasn't Japanese? No. Shown with squinty eyes and thick glasses was typical of a Japanese stereotype in movies of that time. This is very much like the role that Mickey Rooney played in Breakfast at Tiffany's in 1961. Hmm. The Italian-American actor went on to play Dr. Boris Balnikoff in two later episodes. Hmm. Jerry Lewis used to play these like stereotypical Asian guys, too, which is kind of fucked up. But I guess at the time, it was hilarious. (laughs) So funny. I'm sure all the Japanese, you know... Asian people were just like, Americans understand us because they imitate us. And <laughs> imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, right? They get us. I'm sure, I'm sure that's how they took it. Anyways, <laughs> I'll get so, off my soapbox. So I do apologize for any future from, from this moment forward to the end of the episode. Yeah. Anything we say is strictly verbatim from the show. So yeah, <laughs> feel free to write us and tell us we're being too sensitive. 
Because <laughs> that's, that's the only thing that's ever come of any of this. <laughs> so, so we, nobody's ever accused us of being racist in any no. way whatsoever. No, in if fact, anything, no, the like, other you guys way. need to calm down. Like, <laughs> if anything, it's like, come on, a little racism is funny. Like, come on, guys, don't be such a wuss. <laughs> All right. You ready to get in this? You ready to fade yeah. in? Let's fade in, man. All right. We fade in. We open to see Gilligan, and he's not on the island. What? He's he's in the lagoon. Oh. Yeah. And he seems to be fishing for lobster. He pulls one out from the bottom, and as it thrashes about, he puts it in the bag and begins searching for another. But as he's looking, a periscope pops up out of the water behind him. Mm. Gilligan, sensing he's being looked at, freezes to try and figure out what's happening but as he slowly turns around the periscope goes back under the water again gilligan shrugs this off and begins looking for another lobster but as soon as he does the periscope pops back up causing gilligan to once again freeze Hmm. now getting frustrated gilligan quickly turns around and tries to catch his intruder but to no avail the periscope is too quick for him and ducks back underwater once again as more and more fart bubbles come up from the periscope, finally it surfaces right in front of Gilligan's face. Gilligan shouts in terror, yelling, help, a sea monster. Gilligan throws his bag off his shoulder and runs for the beach, yelling, help, run for your lives. It's a sea monster. Once he gets to the shore, he continues to yell, skipper, help, sea monster, <laughs> skipper. <laughs> skipper. As he, <laughs> As he runs off to the beach, an extremely small sub surfaces, and a gentleman looking like a sailor lifts the hatch and looks around. He simply smiles and nods. <laughs> so I'm reminded of the time <laughs> of the scene in Star Wars. You probably don't remember in, in A New Hope when they were in the trash compactor and this little alien snake or whatever pops up with like one eye and it looks like Is a little that periscope. Where in that, that room with all the water and the, the walls kept closing? Yeah. I think in that scene, I think uh, George Lucas said that was like the worst scene. Ever. He said he hated that scene. He hated the way that was executed. Why? He said that it, he had, I guess he had this whole special effect that he wanted to do, but I chose that, I guess. I don't know. He said, I remember seeing an interview saying he hated the way that was executed. Hmm. Well, anyway, this like a little snake thing pops up and has like one eye and looks like a periscope and it looks around and then ducks back into the water and, you know, ends hmm. up grabbing Luke and pulling him under. But yeah. That's a very, very shallow sub. It'd <laughs> be, be like standing in like wasty water. Yeah. There's yeah. like a submarine. <laughs> so not only did it have enough room for the sub, it had enough room for the periscope. And somehow, <laughs> somehow this dude's been in the sub for like 20 years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I get it. He must be so short. It's weird. Scene two. We are first treated to an establishing shot. Complete with the minnow in plain view. Yeah, I noticed that. We then see Gilligan with wide eyes explaining, and then I see the saw serpent. I mean, I stir the saw serpent, or the skipper smiling like all this shit's funny, says, Gilligan, please calm down and just tell us what happened. Gilligan says, that's what I'm trying to do. I was fishing for lobster when suddenly I saw the sur serpent. 
Gillian, whose hand is now in position imitating the serpent, stares at it while gathering his thoughts. Finally, he says, I saw a thing, but it cut off by the professor who says, Gilligan, your panic is perfectly understandable. Gilligan, thinking someone finally believes him, asks, it is? (laughs) The professor says, anyone who saw a sea serpent would be terrified. Gilligan, possibly calling bullshit, says, then why is everyone standing around like I didn't see one? Mm -hmm. The professor looks him dead in the eyes and says, because you didn't. Mm-hmm. Like a motherfucking boss. Hell yeah. <laughs> you said you said it. <laughs> Gilligan begins explaining the sea serpent once again, saying he had one big eye and a long neck and was covered with green things. The professor, now getting a little forceful, says, listen to me. I'm the captain now. No, listen <laughs> to me. There is no such thing as a sea serpent. Sailing men from time immortal in Norse legends, in Greek mythology, in Phoenician times, and I don't know, fucking old-timey shit. (laughs) Thank you. All thought they saw things that didn't exist. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Gillian, looking for comfort, asks, they did? The professor says, actually, what they saw was a giant sea squid or a whale or an overgrown eel or a fucking octopus. I don't fucking know. I wasn't there. Now, which one did you see? Gilligan says, the one with the big eye and long neck and covered it with green things. The professor turns and says, I give up. Skipper, you talk to him. (laughs) You go talk to your son. (laughs) Gilligan starts to launch back into his story all over again. And just as the skipper is about to shut that shit down, Gilligan accidentally pokes him in the eye. (laughs) Gilligan, realizing what he's done, stops talking as the skipper grabs his wrist and removes his fingers from his eye. He says, Gilligan, do you trust me? Gilligan answers, of course I do. Skipper, trying to hold his shit together, says, they go back down to the lagoon and start picking more lobsters. Gilligan begins to ask, but Skipper, what if it, but is cut off by the Skipper saying, all you have to do is say to yourself, there is no sea serpent. There's no sea serpent. There is no sea serpent. There is no sea serpent. So Gilligan was in the Navy and he doesn't know what a periscope looks like. <laughs> I guess not. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> I question I mean, a few things about because a lot of times I, I find myself asking myself, wasn't he in the Navy? Yeah. 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 But I mean, you were on a sub, but you know what a like a ship looks like. So I'm sure people <laughs> oh my on God, the surface there's this fleet. giant thing that had like flies <laughs> coming off of it. Was fl- do you mean like an aircraft carrier? Oh, yeah, that's probably what it was. Oh, yeah, it was far away. It, it kind of looked like gnats. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was a floating turd. All right. <laughs> Scene three. Down at the lagoon, we see Gilligan standing and staring into the water, practicing his new mantra. There is hmm. no such thing as sea serpents, which he says several times before somehow changing it to, there is two such thing as sea serpents. Believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. As Mr. Hal comes walking up behind him with trusty stick in hand. Yay. Gillian starts. Gillian startled at the sight of Mr. Hal says, it's you, Mr. Hal. You scared me. Thurston loudly answers, I, Thurston Howell III, scare you? That's absurd, my boy. (laughs) 
Gilligan argues, no, it isn't. I thought you were a sea monster with one big guy, a long neck and green things. Hmm. Thurston interrupts saying, please, I don't think I look like that. Gilligan says, not you, the sea monster. That's how he looks. Thurston says, well, perhaps I can help you capture this creature from the deep. Gilligan confused asks, capture it. Thurston says, I'll take it home and give it the freedom of my swimming pool. Can't you picture it? My guests, all full of the bubbly, falling into the pool, one of them coming up astride a sea serpent. Thurston slaps Gilligan on the fanny <laughs> and says, and says, such laughs. Gilligan, not really laughing, turns to Thurston and says, you don't believe me either. Hmm. Thurst <laughs> Thurston. <laughs> That's what he was doing back in the hut. Yeah. Thurston, still chuckling at his joke, says, no, of course not. I don't. I think it's a giant squid or an octopus. However, if you spot a mermaid, sing out. Thurston then pulls out a stick and pokes Gilligan in the stomach with it. <laughs> yeah, he's got a stick. I was so excited to see him walk up with a stick. I was like, yeah, let's see what he's going to do. He slapped Gilligan on the ass. <laughs> That's awesome. Um he talks about a mermaid that whips out a stick. <laughs> his stick, his dick, his stick, his dick. Sorry. <laughs> Scene, foe. Oh. Thurston, walking back to the hut, mutters to himself, if he spots a mermaid, then that boy, I tell you. As Thurston <laughs> stops a man with severely bad eyesight, judging by the glasses he has on and dressed as a sailor, I guess... Steps out with a rifle and pokes the bayonet into Thurston's side. Thurston yells out, Be careful, that point is pointy. Thurston turns to see this thing that's emerged from the woods and says, By George, and I've got the money to buy George. That's a Japanese sailor. The Japanese sailor shushes Mr. Howell and takes him into the woods to fuck. Hell yeah. I don't know if that's what he did, but... Well, that's what it looked like. Oh, wait, my bad. Uh, he just wants to talk. Oh, oh, okay. There you go. He says, okay, should I do the accent? That's <laughs> <laughs> entirely up to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do the accent. I'm just going to read it. All right. <laughs> he says, you officer? Thurston says, officer, I'll have you know I'm an officer in 11 different companies. The man says, good, good. Thurston continues saying, I have divisions in England, France, Italy, the Near East, Far East, and Middle East. The man smiles and says, it's a great honor to capture you. <laughs> Thurston asks, capture me? The man says, you prisoner, come with me. <laughs> Thurston raises his voice saying, wait a minute, that's incredible, that's impossible. But as the sailor, who doesn't look the least bit Japanese, by the way, points his bayonet at Thurston, he changes his tone saying, oh, it's credible and possible. He bows to the sailor before getting yelled at in Japanese, and they both rush off. You know what would be funny? <laughs> if we had like a, a voice like Siri read the Japanese parts, <laughs> so just to like sterilize it even more than you already did. It'll just be funny. <laughs> you officer. <laughs> so like, what the fuck? Like they what? really couldn't find an Asian actor. <laughs> like nowhere in Hollywood did an Asian actor, actor exists. Well, 
according to Ginger Later, there's all kinds of roles for Japanese men in movies. <laughs> God. But apparently not in the show. So. <laughs> um, but why the glasses? I don't get it. Like... That was just the stereotype. I just remember cartoons and stuff of Japanese. They always had but like I mean, big do they glasses, really buck teeth. and So, like, Japanese people supposedly have bad eyesight? Like, I don't understand And the buck reference. teeth and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, I gotta say is, please don't write in and tell us we're in- insensitive. <laughs> or that we're not sensitive enough. Or, wait, does that mean the same thing? I find it funny that we're being sensitive about the pro- about the, the topic of being sensitive. all right scene five back at the huts we see gilligan talking to the professor explaining one minute mr howell was there and the next he was gone the professor says mr howell always manages to be somewhere else when there's work to do he's hiding (laughs) hell yeah what'd you do when you're the boss damn right Gilligan answers, yeah, but this is the first time ever in a sea serpent's stomach. Just then, Ginger walks up with a, hi. Gilligan quickly turns and says, hi, don't go swimming. Ginger replies, I'm not exactly dressed for it. The professor turns to Ginger and says, see if you can calm him down. Yeah. Hell yeah. Ginger looks at Gilligan and in an almost nurturing tone says, you don't look kind of worried, Gilligan. No, you do look kind of worried, Gilligan. Gilligan argues, I'm not worried. Not in the least bit. Scared, yeah, but not worried. Hmm. The professor translates for Ginger. He's upset because he thinks Mr. Howell has disappeared. Ginger, sounding concerned, asks, Oh, you want me to help you look for him? (laughs) Gilligan replies with a simple, No. (laughs) Ginger goes on saying, Well, I could go first. (laughs) But Gilligan, always a gentleman, says, That's too dangerous for a lady. Ginger then changes her mind and says, Well, you could go first. (laughs) But Gilligan, not budging, says, It's too dangerous for a man. How about you, Professor? Will you go with us? But the professor, not putting up with this tomfoolery, <laughs> says, no, Gilligan, I'm going to stay right here and finish my work. Gilligan begins walking into the woods, waving Ginger to follow. Yeah. Shit. Hell yeah. He's like, come on with your bad self. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go sailing. You can sail my mast. Uh-uh. Let's go calm me down. Exactly. But it's for hell yeah, I bet Ginger could relax Gillian. <laughs> but she'd knock him out just trying to kiss her fingertip and touch his pee-pee. That's true. <laughs> You're right. She do be doing mm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like her favorite thing to do. That professor is such a chicken shit. He's like, <laughs> no, I, I gotta fucking work. Um, <laughs> I've got I think work really, to he's, do. He's fucking afraid. That's why, that's why we should call him the puss fester, fester for now on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's the puss fester Because <laughs> he's slaying puss too out there It seems like it doesn't he But all because he's chicken shit So he's the puss fester Hi puss fester <laughs> If I ever meet him I'm going to call him that shit <laughs> Jimmy I think he's dead Oh Well in, hev- in heaven like when we die I'm going to be mm-hmm. like hey puss fester He's going to be like you know it's just a part right I'm Like yeah that's what a pussy would say <laughs> Oh, I guess you're the expert up here, too, right? Exactly. Scene six. Next, we see Gilligan and Ginger walking through the woods and coming to a clearing. 
Gilligan, who's obviously still worried, asks, you still with me, Ginger? Ginger <laughs> says, I'm right behind you, Gilligan. Gilligan explains further, I was walking along this path, not thinking of lobsters, let alone sea monsters, and believe me, I'd let alone sea monsters if I had the choice. As soon as Gilligan says this, the strange man with the thick glasses jumps out of the bushes. Is he behind the tree? He <laughs> <laughs> cups his hands over Ginger's mouth, pulling her into the woods. Gilligan, not knowing what's happened, continues talking, saying, And I was standing right over here. Mr. Hal came up to me and then started walking up the beach, and I stood here. Gilligan, realizing Ginger hasn't said anything, asks, Ginger, are you still behind me? He feels around, but feels nothing. I like how he went to feel. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me feel for some titties. Uh, no. He slowly turns to see nobody there. Just then, we hear a scream. Oh, no, stop it. And I noticed the exact same thing you did. Like, his hand, if she had been there, he would have totally touched her chest. Like, 100%. Mm-hmm. That's where his hand was. Like, Gilligan wasn't checking for her well-being. No. He was checking for some tatas. He knew what he was doing. He knew he exactly what he was going he, yeah, he you, likes Gilligan. to act like he like yeah no yeah. no you're you're no no but no shame on you Gilligan disappointed mm. man <clears throat> supposed to be different leave that shit to Howell and, and the Skipper see <laughs> 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 Savon back at the huts we see Mr Howell the professor and Marianne <laughs> Presser and Marianne <laughs> reacting to the screams they heard Marianne runs up asking what was that. Mrs. Howell says, it sounded like Ginger. The professor Mm -hmm. adds, but she's with Gilligan. The professor then crosses his arms, grins, and says, go Gilligan. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be damn. I I thought that would be a... Holy shit. Made her scream, too. That's crazy. (laughs) Mr. Howell says, I refuse to listen to anything more. Gilligan is a very nice little boy. (laughs) The professor defends himself, saying... I don't mean it like that. Marianne, that was an actual joke from the show, by the way. Like, <laughs> that shocked the shit out of me. That was a real joke. Like, I didn't make that one up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And then when he continued, I was like, wait a second. Was that really in the script? Yeah, that was really in the script. Everything from, <laughs> I refuse to listen to anything more, Gillian's a very nice little boy. The professor, like, the professor really did I didn't say mean go it like Gilligan? that. Yeah, that, yeah, it was actually. He yeah. really said go Gilligan? Oh, no, no. He didn't say go Gilligan. Oh, okay. But everything after that, he said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Marianne asks, well, what's happening? The professor says, I was about to tell Mrs. Howell her husband was eaten by a sea serpent. Mrs. Howell laughs and says, that's silly. Thurston wasn't even dressed for dinner. <laughs> her eyes then get big. Shocking. As she asks, did you say he was eaten by a sea serpent? The professor says, no, no, Gilligan said it. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Al chuckles and says, oh, that's different, that dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny if she would have said that. The professor tells Mrs. Howell, you stay here and wait for the skipper. Send him down to the lagoon. <clears throat> he then grabs Marianne's arm and says, come on, Marianne, I'll explain on the way. And they both run off. Why does he always have to grab her by the fucking arm? Because he's fucking rude. Because he's <laughs> jealous that she likes Gilligan. Mm-hmm. He's jealous he's of true grammar. love because it's not scientific tech. <laughs> <laughs> he fears what he doesn't understand. Exactly. Like. He can't prove it, so he's not into it. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> he um, 
He didn't even, yeah, because he didn't even grab her by the hand. He grabbed her by the no. fucking arm. Like, by the, by the wrist, just like, like he did that one other time when he pulled her out of the hut. He was like, come on. Maybe grabbing her by the hand would have looked too perverted. <laughs> grabbing her by the hand and pulling her into the woods. Like, whoa. Um. Oh. It's funny because Mrs. Howell doesn't even, doesn't even seem very worried about her husband missing. She's like, oh, well, whatever. He's probably playing golf. I'm like, God. Okay. That's Thurston for you. Are we disappearing? <laughs> Scene. I, back at the lagoon, we see Gilligan standing in the water trying desperately to pull a Moses and part it with his hands while calling out, I'll save you, Ginger. Don't give up, Ginger. Hold your breath. I'll save you. Just then, Marianne and the professor arrive to see what Gilligan is doing. Marianne asks the professor, you don't believe him, do you? The professor just stares and says, really? <laughs> what does everybody call me on the island? The yeah, professor. Exactly. No, but there may be trouble. You stay here. Marianne asks why the professor says, because I'm going to find out exactly what's happening. The professor then walks out into the water to Gilligan and says, Gilligan, what happened? Gilligan frantically says, the sea serpent ate ginger. The professor, trying to get Gilligan to focus, raises his voice and asks, why did she scream? Gilligan yells back, because it hurts. (laughs) (laughs) And goes back trying to find ginger. That's awesome. That is a funny line. The professor grabs his arm and says, Gilligan, will you get a hold of yourself and tell me step by step exactly what happened? Gilligan explains, well, Ginger and me came down from the camp to the beach. That is, I did. Ginger became an appetizer. The professor, trying to clarify, says, in other words, she was standing right over there where Marianne is now. Gilligan looks around and says, where Marianne isn't. The professor says, Gilligan, for the last time, and looks around, only to find Marianne gone. Oh, shit. I know. The two begin calling for Marianne and running through the woods. Gilligan follows the professor, saying, Professor, it's no use. It's just no use. Marianne became a salad. The professor grabs Gilligan's arm and says, Why does he keep grabbing everybody's fucking arms? (laughs) (laughs) And says... There's a perfectly logical and normal reason for what's happening. Gilligan agrees, saying, "Uh uh-huh, a hungry sea serpent. But the (laughs) professor, who's picking up Mike's bullshit detector, simply says, nonsense. Gilligan thinks for a moment and says, maybe you're right. After Mr. Howell, Ginger, and Marianne, he's probably full. (laughs) The professor tells Gilligan, I'll stand guard here. You go to camp and help Mrs. Howell find the skipper. Gilligan Feeling nervous, asks in a somewhat childlike tone, you'll stay right here? (laughs) The professor, sensing Gilligan's nervousness, says, I promise. (laughs) Gilligan asks, you you double promise? (laughs) He's like, I double promise. I promise, promise. Pinky Mm. swear? (laughs) (laughs) Gilligan asks, even if you're eaten? The professor, starting to lose it, says, Gilligan, will you hurry up? Gilligan, remembering what he's supposed to do, says, right. The professor stands and looks around, shouting for Marianne. Mm. So wait, so the puss faster can't find out. (laughs) (laughs) He can't find out what's going on with Marianne around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, you have to stay here. Why? Because I have to figure out what happened and you fucking distract me. So 
I mean, what's the purpose? Why, if people are disappearing, why the hell would you make her stand by herself? <laughs> it doesn't mean and his reasoning behind it. Cause I have to figure shit out. Okay. Um, so two people have disappeared from land. Yeah. And nowhere near the water. And he still thinks it's a sea serpent. Well, let me think here. Okay. Who disappeared first? Thurston. Yeah. And how does it, how do we know that Thurston disappeared? I forget. We don't know. He's just, nobody has seen him in a while. Right. And so the second one is Ginger. Mm-hmm. And the last time we saw Ginger, she was following behind him. In land. the woods. Yeah. And then Marianne, Marianne was standing on shore near the woods. Yeah. So what the fuck makes him think it's a sea monster? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because the only thing he saw that was different. So. Yeah. Um. But what the fuck is the professor going to guard him with? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mr. Howell is bigger than the professor and he got taken. So what what the fuck is the professor going to do? He has no (laughs) weapon in his hand at all. What's he going to do? He's going to, his guard is science. He's going to fucking argue with it? Like, yeah. Throw statistics at him? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. And facts. You you hit somebody with hard facts. That shit hurts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's true. I was yelling at the hurricane with hard facts. I didn't do shit. So maybe I was no. doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> right. You know, statistically. <laughs> you know, it's November. It statistically shouldn't exist. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Bitch, Nicole. Some. <laughs> uh, that's what the professor would do. <laughs> All right. Scene nine. Back at camp, we see Gilligan running into camp only to find Mrs. Howe's parasol lying on the ground. Oh, no. He picks it up and with a remorseful tone says, poor Mrs. Howell. At least she's with Mr. Howe now. (laughs) Just then the skipper walks up behind Gilligan and says his name sharply, startling him. Gilligan turns around and says, oh, skipper, am I glad to see you? But we all know the skipper ain't trying to hear that. He's all like, I thought I told you to get some lobsters. Gilligan's all like, oh, was that a big mistake? The skipper's all like, well, (laughs) where is everybody? And Gilligan busts out with, out to lunch, the hard way. Oh, shit. (laughs) Hard way. (laughs) The skipper, beginning to get frustrated, smiles and says, Gilligan, please, why don't you start making some sense? Mm -hmm. Gilligan says, right, make some sense. Uh, where should I begin? The skipper, trying to hold himself together, says, The beginning's always a good place. Hmm. Gilligan then launches into an explanation, saying, I was catching lobsters, right? The skipper says, Right. Gilligan goes on, Then I saw a sea serpent, right? The skipper once again says, Right. Gilligan explains, Then he ate Mr. Howell, Ginger, Marianne, and poor Mrs. Howell. But before Gilligan can finish, the skipper cuffs his hands over Gilligan's mouth and says, Gilligan, I'm not going to lose my temper, am I? I'm not going to get angry and blow my top, am I? No, I'm just going to make you start over. Hmm. When he finally takes his hands off of Gilligan's mouth, Gilligan says, you don't believe me, do you? The skipper says, little little buddy, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to hurt your feelings, but no. I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Gilligan, whose feelings are now hurt, says, then I don't want to talk about it. 
Hmm. The skipper, now putting on a huge fake smile, says, Now tell me what happened. Gilligan, just staring at the parasol and not wanting to talk about it, says, Nothing happened. Hmm. The skipper, still smiling but getting more intense, asks, Where has everybody gone? Gilligan hmm. says, We're here. Professor's at the beach, and the rest of us all got eaten up by a. But before he can finish his sentence, the skipper's hand is once again over his mouth but quickly comes off when Gilligan bites him. Mm. Gilligan finishes his thought saying, sea serpent. So there. Then Skipper, still nursing his hand, asks, I suppose you saw them eaten by the sea serpent? Gilligan sheepishly says, well, no, not exactly. The Skipper says, now we're getting someplace. Mm. Gilligan, now confused, says, you know, like, but we're standing right here. Mm. No, he didn't say that. It would have been funny, though. The skipper, now getting worked up, says, yes, we are. We're going to the beach to find the Pussfesser. Now, come on. <laughs> Gilligan, now scared, says, I'm not going back down there. The skipper, still set on looking for the Pussfesser, says, all right, <laughs> suit yourself. But before the skipper leaves, he says, and don't forget to say hello to Mrs. Howell for me. Gilligan, now scared, drops the parasol and runs after the skipper. Mm-hmm. I really liked this scene <laughs> because like it was really fast paced and because of how fast paced it was like that they would they would bust through a set of lines really fast and then they would stop and then like mm-hmm. Gilligan X sad or something and then it would ramp up and speed again and it would stop really quick. It kind of made the lines funnier than they were like I don't know just yeah, it had yeah. that Abbott and Costello kind of timing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um and, and, oh, and another thing is, I don't know if you noticed, Gilligan's pants were still wet. Oh, nice. That was awesome. Yeah. Nice. So I really nice liked this scene. This was like the best scene in the episode, I think. Nice continuity there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I don't really understand is like, the skipper's like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Like, if you came up to me and like, you told me something like that, like, dude, I, you know, like, there's no way I wouldn't believe you. Right, right. Like, I believe you believe it. Like, right. I don't think you're, like, lying to me and making it up. You know what I mean? So, I think it's kind of dumb for him to say, I don't believe you. Right. My first thought would be, ooh, maybe something's floating around in the lagoon that can help us. And that would be my first thought. Or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, I wouldn't, even if I didn't, like, I don't think that happened, I could say, well, I believe you believe. I believe you saw something. Mm-hmm. So, let's go mm-hmm. look and try to figure this out. You know? Right. I just wouldn't be like, oh, you're just being stupid and lying again. You're nothing but a fucking liar. <laughs> I'm like, I don't believe you. I mean, it wouldn't make sense. And you'd be I like, like oh, sense. And you start spitting stuff at me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Scene 10. Next, we see the Eaton castaways all locked up in bamboo cages. Oh, okay. The Japanese sailor wraps a wire around a cage holding Marianne, Ginger, and Mrs. Howell. A very shaky camera pushes in <laughs> on the professor and Mr. Howell in a separate cage. The professor inspects the cage and the wire with a grenade attached and says, very ingenious. Very ingenious. Hmm. Mr. Howell says, well, I'm glad that you approve. <laughs> the professor says, you notice how he's got this constructed? If we try to squeeze through or push or pull these bamboo poles... It tightens the wire and pulls the pin out of the grenade. Pow. Splash. Pow. Kablamo. Pew, pew, pew. Bang. (laughs) Uh, 
If we got a cat squeal. <laughs> Mr. Owl, a little nervous, asks, must you be so graphic? <laughs> the professor says, you don't understand, Mr. Howell. It could be to our advantage. Mr. Howell asks, the pow or the splash? <laughs> the professor says, we might be able to reason with this Japanese sailor. Only a person of intelligence could construct such a barricade like this as quickly and efficiently as he did. Mr. Howell says, well, he's smarter than we are. <laughs> the professor asks, what do you mean? You know, like, what do you mean? What's that? Well, what do you, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? What do you mean? <laughs> it's like, well, you're in here and he's not, right? So, yeah. Mr. Howell points out, well, he's outside oh, and we're inside. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Japanese sailor looks at Ginger up and down and wolf whistles. Mr. Howell says, he speaks English. <laughs> A Japanese sailor walks over to the professor, Mr. Howell, and says, hello there. Time for interrogation. <laughs> the professor, trying to reason, says, now look, this is really all quite unnecessary. The war has been over for more than 20 years. Mm. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mr. Howe says, I've heard of sore losers, but he's ridiculous. Hey-oh! The Japanese sailor asks, oh, so I can go home to my family in Hiroshima? Or in my cousin's place in Nagasaki? <laughs> Where he's holding on to my little dog, Fluffy. No? Mm. <laughs> They're like, you know, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. And my granny, she lived over in Nagasaki. No? She can, I, can I call her up now? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll just stay in the cage. <laughs> then he points at the, the skipper and he's like, fat man. And he points at Gilligan, little little boy. Well, that's clever. I see what you guys did there. Yeah. Shit's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> no. The Japanese sailor says, you don't call me ridiculous. The professor says, surely you must have heard about the ending of the war on the radio. The Japanese sailor says, radio broke in 1942. Transmitter too. But pretty soon I get spare parts. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> the professor, excited to hear about receiving parts for a transmitter, asks, when? The sailor says, oh, when I get leave. Best spare part come from Japan. Cheaper, too. Mr. Howe says, have you heard about our discount houses? <laughs> Which I'm sure was hilarious in 1965. I'm sure it was, yeah. But, but I know they had that know. similar conversation in Back to the Future Part 3. Like, what you, well, here's the problem is made in Japan. It's like, Doc, what are you talking about? All the good stuff is made in Japan. <clears throat> Japanese sailor gets angry and barks, you talk in code. Don't talk in code. Just give me information of the supply depot, ammunition, headquarters, everything. The professor says, now look, there's no ammunition. There are no headquarters. The war is over. The sailor says, what's the matter with you? You think I'm dumbbell? Huh? I know American. I went to American college. I graduated UCLA. Mr. Howell says, well, that explains everything. The professor asks, what do you mean? Mr. Howell says, well, he's obviously not a Harvard man. Look at the cut of his trousers. The sailor looks down and gets offended. So, so wait a minute. When the hell did he have time to sharpen that bamboo, let alone make the cages strong enough to hold people? 
Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. He didn't have that much well, time. Remember, he's got a couple guns, so he can just gather them all, tie them up maybe, and then hold them at gunpoint while he <clears throat> builds a cage. I don't know. Um, so, wait. They pull the pin and wait for it. <laughs> throw the grenade. The grenade <laughs> isn't attached. Only the pin is. <laughs> so all they have to do is literally grab the grenade and throw it at him. That's all they have to do. Hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Why didn't they think? Of, why didn't they think of that? <laughs> the professor's like he ingenious. Really? Like really? That's really that genius. <laughs> he literally gave us weapons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and look over here He has guns just on lanyards That way when he comes over He doesn't have to go reach for a gun There's exactly, one right yeah. here <laughs> <laughs> So stupid um, So How did he go to UCLA And not know the war is over <laughs> How did he go to UCLA And still become like Like uh, enlisted In the uh, Navy I don't know because like if he hadn't, um, let's say this was nineteen what sixty nine, sixty five, sixty five. So he had been in service for twenty three years, and he's not that old. He looks like, to me, he looks like he's in his forties. Okay. So if he was let's say forty three, and he'd be enlisted, if he if he had enlisted twenty three years, or at least the war started twenty three years ago. Yeah. I mean, when did he have time to go to school? He would have been like nineteen years old, like. So I think he's full of shit. I don't think he went to UCLA. (laughs) He would speak way better English if he went to UCLA. Just saying. I don't know what this U Club college is, but U Club sucks (laughs) because, anyways, he didn't even know the war was out. It's basic like American history. Anyways, (laughs) yeah, no, I fucking learned that shit in fifth grade, and he didn't. He went to UCLA and didn't learn about World War II. What the fuck? Fucking U Club, man. So I wonder when he goes home, will he be surprised? (laughs) 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 Well, by this, it had been rebuilt. Yeah. (laughs) 20-something years later. They would have rebuilt everything by then. You're like, yeah? Think so? (laughs) (laughs) Did they they rebuild his grandma and his dog Fluffy? No, they would not have. Hmm, so you'd still be surprised. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scene 11. Back at the lagoon, Skipper and Gilligan discover the top of the Japanese submarine that was hidden in brush. Skipper says, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Gilligan says, I believe it. It's right here. Skipper <laughs> says, I haven't seen one of these since the war. Gilligan asks, which one is it? The Monitor or the Merrimack? <laughs> the skipper says, not the Civil War, you lunkhead. <laughs> Look at the name on the boat. Gilligan bends down and uncovers some brush and reveals the name of the boat. Only it's written in Japanese. <laughs> Gilligan says, somebody sure has terrible handwriting. I can't make out USS anything. <laughs> the skipper says, Gilligan, it's Japanese. This clears a lot of things up. It's in the papers all the time. Every year you read that they left some Japanese on a deserted island and they don't know the war is over yet. Gilligan says it looked a lot bigger when it was a sea serpent. Mm -hmm. The captain still thinking says 
He must have got the rest held captive. Gilligan mm. says, then it's up to us to save him. The skipper says, that's right, Gilligan. All I have to do is get in the sub, sail to Hawaii, and bring help back. Mm. Gilligan says, you're a genius, skipper. <laughs> the skipper <laughs> says, I know. <laughs> As he climbs into the Japanese submarine, he goes on. And with the sub gone, it wouldn't make much sense. The sailor wouldn't dare kill you and the rest of the group. Gilligan, now scared, asks, me? How do I get captured? The skipper says, I've got faith in you, Gilligan. Gilligan says, oh, um, thanks, skipper. As the skipper tries to squeeze his fat ass through the hatch to get down <laughs> inside the boat, Gilligan begins to shut it on his head and says, okay, bon voyage, skipper. Have a good trip. The skipper, getting angry, says, wait a minute, Gilligan. Gilligan stops and asks, what? The skipper says, I'm stuck. <laughs> Gilligan asks, you mean you can't get in? The skipper says, no, Gilligan. Gilligan asks, and you can't get out? The skipper, starting to panic, says, no, Gilligan. Gilligan points out, oh, that's why you're stuck. <laughs> the skipper says, yes, Gilligan. <laughs> so let's go over his plan. Okay. So his plan is to sail to Hawaii, not knowing where he is, right, right. get help, and come back. Yes. I'm pretty sure you said that they were hundreds of miles off course yep. in the first episode. Right. So sailing back to the main island would take days. Right. He said he said it as if it was going to be like running to the Zippy Mart down the street. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to run down there real quick, grab some help, <laughs> come right back. I'd be like 20 minutes tops. <laughs> I was like, what kind of plan is that? It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like he's just trying to get the fuck out of there and saying screw <laughs> the rest of the people. <laughs> He don't give a shit about the rest of the people. Um, <laughs> I know. I'll get in here and leave. So because he worked on an aircraft carrier doing God knows what, because it's changed several times, means he can operate a sub and a Japanese one at that. Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. So would you be able to hop onto an aircraft carrier that was German and just be able to just operate it just because you were, <laughs> you were in the Navy on a sub? Like that's the kind of logic they use. Funny you should say, you ever see the movie U571? Yeah, I heard it's fake as hell. <laughs> Actually, well, there was a lot of it that I remember watching going, there's a lot of truth in this. Like, hmm. well, I heard the story itself was, was fiction. Like, this, no, it never I, happened. I don't know about yeah. the story itself, yeah. but but the same kind of thing. They had to jump inside a German U-boat and hmm. had to figure out how to operate it, you know? Hmm. But, I mean, um, the systems are basically the same, but, you know. Well, once again, that's got to be the smallest sub ever made. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. ever. <clears throat> Can't even fit in the hatch. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Scene 12. A few moments later, Gilligan has gathered some supplies to help the skipper get unstuck. We see him pouring a bucket of liquid around the seal of the hatch. Gilligan says, Here, some coconut oil to make you slippery. The skipper says, Coconut oil is gooey. <laughs> Gilligan says, Yeah, it'll make you more slippery. <laughs> Skipper's like, just, can, you, can you give me like five minutes? <laughs> Skipper, you don't have to stick your tongue out <laughs> Once the oil is poured Gilligan attempts to help the skipper Get unstuck in the hatch After a couple seconds, the skipper's arms Are now free, the skipper says Hey, it worked 
Now with his arms free, Gilligan begins to twist the skipper around in a circle, which screws the skipper down into the hatch. <laughs> skipper says, Gilligan, you're turning me the wrong way. Gilligan says, oh, sorry, skipper. He then spins the captain the other direction, which <laughs> makes him good. unscrew out of the hatch. The captain stops the spin and is dizzy. Gilligan exclaims, see, it worked. The skipper, still recovering from all the spinning, says, that's right, little buddy. It worked fine. Now get ready. You're going to have to be the captain of the submarine. Look at me. Sure. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> As the skipper crawls out of the hatch, Gilligan asks, me? The skipper says, yes. Get down there behind that wheel. It's simple. Just drive it like an automobile. That's it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> because an automobile, you can also go up and down. <laughs> As Gilligan climbs into the hatch, he says, if you say so, the captain goes on, head northwest and you'll hit Hawaii. Gilligan says, you can depend on me, Skipper. Gilligan then ducks down into the hatch. Skipper says, I wish you hadn't said that, Gilligan. <laughs> Gilligan pops back out of the hatch and says, just remember, your life is in my hands. <laughs> and then Gilligan ducks back down inside the hatch again. The Skipper says, I wish you hadn't said that either. <laughs> <laughs> Gilligan chuckles and says, huh? Well, here it goes. Halfway out of the hatch, Gilligan pilots the boat as it heads through the lagoon. The skipper says, good luck, little buddy. Gilligan waves as he sails on. The boat begins to dive with the hatch still open. <laughs> as it ducks below, as it ducks down below the waterline, Gilligan pops his head back out and says, I forgot it was a convertible. He then closes the hatch and drives once again. Skipper watches and tries to remain hopeful as he sees the periscope go deeper and deeper under the lagoon. Hmm. So do you think he would have been at any risk of being like attacked by the Navy if they would have saw a Japanese sub hanging around Hawaii? <laughs> well, not in 1965. No? Okay. Um, where the hell has this guy been getting fuel all these years? Because I'm assuming that runs off diesel, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. And food. I'm actually going to go into all oh, that okay. detail. Um. But what what the fuck is he like? Why is he turning, like rotating? Like what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. None of it makes sense. There's um, a lot of it that doesn't make sense. Well, another thing is, where did Gilligan all get all this coconut oil from? <laughs> they just have buckets of coconut. What from the fuck? Do, yeah, but what the fuck do they use coconut oil for? <laughs> and why do they have buckets of it sitting around to cook with? Oh, yeah. Um, the professor actually says. I'm sorry. The skipper actually says, just drive it like an automobile. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, if you want to compare it to something, you'd say, just drive it like an airplane. Right, right, right. Or like Knight Rider, because <laughs> they have like that weird steering wheel, like Knight Rider, right? But it's, you still have the steering wheel where you pull back and you push oh, down. Oh, okay, got, okay. So it really is like, like flying, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it is impressive because it looks like it's actually flooding with Gilligan in it. So that was kind of impressive. Um, but even when he closed the lid, he didn't close it all the way. And it has like right. the, the thing that you rotate, but you can tell that it's just a prop. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. do anything. Like, yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> okay. So there's so much to go over here. All right. So first of all, first question is why would he submerge? Just travel on the surface. Plus this is a world war two U boat. <laughs> These run on diesel and runs on a diesel engine. It can't stay submerged very long. 
the only time these diesel boats ever dove was during battles or secret attacks. You know, mm-hmm. they mostly traveled on the surface. The longest they could stay submerged was 48 hours. Hmm. Um, and you can only travel at two knots submerged. Jeez. It's not like the nuclear boats we have now, where nuclear boats, we can be submerged indefinitely. <laughs> so did the Japanese call them U-boats? I thought I always thought that was a German um, thing. Well, I think the, well, I call them U-boats just because, you know, underwater boat or whatever. Um, it is a German title, but... Um, some of these Japanese submarines were actually designed after these. Oh, okay. Designed like by these German U-boats. So. Okay. Another thing is you can't really pilot the boat from the sail. I mean, you can sort of, but you have to have communications with somebody down below. Okay. Um, but there's not like a steering wheel up in the sail. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe there was on the, I don't know. I, no, that's not a thing. Um. Another thing, uh, it takes a team of people to drive a submarine. Okay. <laughs> There's no way one man can do it. You need at least someone back in the engine room, at least. So, because like when you're when you're driving the boat and, you know, the officer of the deck, you know, may say, you know, all head one third, mm-hmm. you know, and you're sitting there on the driver's seat. You just push your right foot down on the pedal tack. Yeah, everybody knows <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> Which I drove the submarine for about three years. So, um you know, you don't like, like you said, there's no gas pedal. There's no yeah, yeah, like yeah. button to push, you know, go faster. What we did is we turned a dial to one third and that sent a message all the way back to maneuvering in the engine. So room. it's like Titanic. I guess. Like the movie Titanic where, where he rotates that whole bar thing forward. And yeah, then the yeah, same yeah. thing happens yeah. down in the engine room and they know to like increase, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly right. Yep. That's how it works too. Huh. Even to this day is how it still works. So you go all head one third and back there they have a larger version of it and it goes ching, 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 you know, like does the huh. bell. And so then they adjust the engine down to one third, you know. Not. Okay. <clears throat> so there's not any way to do it from, you know, from the control room. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, and there weren't any submarines that were that small in the Japanese really fleet during World War II. <laughs> um, the Kadai class submarines were around 330 feet long. So that was like your normal World, and that's still, World War II. That's still slightly Japanese. bigger than a football field. <clears throat> yeah. And I don't, I don't know that because I'm into sports. I know that because I know there's three feet in the yard. <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, that's great. Like, uh, my boat on Trident's, we were, I think, 365 feet long, I think. So, did you ever eat Trident gum on your Trident? Because that would have <laughs> just been really kind of poetic, you know? So damn literal. Yeah. It's like a forklift lift in a fork. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, this is where we take our next break. <sighs> so, Gilligan is off in the boat to get help from Hawaii. Mm. Will he get help? Will the other castaways meet their fate and die at the hands of a World War II Japanese sailor? Or at least somebody impersonating one. (laughs) (laughs) Will Gilligan accidentally go to San Francisco for their annual fleet week and have a dickens of a time in the red light district? Oh, shit. As a sailor. (laughs) I don't know. We'll find out. But we will be back. Hey, Gen Xers, get the news and podcasts that matter to you on Rediscover the 80s. Each week, hosts Jason and Wyatt deliver two shows that will connect you with the past. First, 
Listen to the 80s Weekly Newscast with retro pop culture headlines from the world of movies. They are actually trying to reboot The Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. Streaming. Transformers Earth Spark. What did you think, man? It looked interesting, but it looks like it's another spin-off of the Rescue Bots. Collectibles and more. They made Tina Turner into a Barbie. Then, listen to Memory Jogger, featuring memories from the 80s and early 90s. We're going to spin the old randomizer tonight. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's spin it. Oh, a big one. Transformers and GoBots. Star Wars. Ooh, we might be here a while. <laughs> Robin Ooh. Williams. What a tribute. Yeah, Robin Williams. Ooh, oh, grandparents. grandparents. Michael, Michael J. Fox. Fox. PSA commercials. PSA commercials. Ooh, okay. Listen to both shows now on Rediscover the 80s. Search now in popular listening apps or stream from your browser at rediscoverthe80s.com. The 80s Weekly and Memory Jogger. Two shows that will help you rediscover the 80s. And we are back. Ooh, man. Ooh. Did you get some of that turkey? Yeah. Well, no, it hasn't been made yet. This is a time machine. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I had some cheese. You know, let's talk about that. Okay. And watch you had string cheese. Mm-hmm. And you ate it like a fucking serial killer. Yeah. That's because I'm an adult. <laughs> You're a monster. Right. But I mean, like when you eat bugles, do you, do you still put them on your fingers and act like Freddy Krueger? I don't eat bugles anymore because last time I ate bugles, I felt sick. Oh. Well, I, st- so, I still like Freddy Krueger. If Frank I did, well, actually, I would. it's more like yes. Black Panther now because they look more like Panther claws. Like yeah. Wakanda. If I did, yeah. I would for sure. 100%. Yeah, yeah. But no, I when just. You eat Pringles, do you make the duck lips like you're doing commercial? No, <laughs> no I don't. No. I eat like a, a mature adult hack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I've just seen if you did. When you eat oranges, do you put the whole thing in your mouth and it smiles so you have nothing but orange showing? <laughs> like Jeffrey Dahmer did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also a serial killer? Interesting yeah. how you bring that up. Do you, do you do that or no? I haven't, I haven't eaten a fresh orange no, you're, you're one of those, since I was a kid. You're one of those weird people that don't eat oranges. You just suck all the juice out of it and throw most of that shit away? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, okay. No, that, that's but I know what you mean. That, like when I was a kid, for sure. To all much, you non-Florida yeah. people, that's that's annoying when we see you guys. Eat. You just suck the juice out of an orange and throw it away. No, you eat that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Florida works hard to, to grow those oranges for you. That's right. At least you can do is eat it. Did you know that real orange? Well, I can say real oranges, <laughs> but like the sweetness of oranges, like we put that in. Yeah. You have to graft a, a part of a, another orange tree into yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, oranges by nature are, are bitter. They're not, they don't taste yeah, very good. they're sour. Yeah. yeah. I just learned that like a couple of years ago. That's like, yeah, I, that's somebody also there. told me that we created limes. Like limes isn't a naturally occurring thing. That's. Huh. So. Hmm. Anyways, but now since we're talking about food. Yeah. What kind of Thanksgiving traditions do you have? Well, first of all, I love, love, love Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is like your favorite holiday. It is. It's like, well, it's my second favorite holiday. Several reasons why I love Thanksgiving. One is because I just love everything about it. Usually I cook. I love cooking Thanksgiving 
dinner. I, I just love it. I love everything about it. I love getting up at five o'clock in the morning. I love uh, getting my cup of coffee, getting the bird ready, put it in the oven early, slow cook it, you know, throughout the morning. And I just love the smell that's in the house, you know, from like cooking. And then I, I put the, I like to put the, the parade on the TV. I don't watch it, but I just like to hear it in the background. Mm. I just like to ha- have it on in the background and occasionally kind of step over and kind of see what's going on. Oh, oh, look, the, the cast of fucking rent is performing, whatever, you know what I mean? And, um, and I go back in the kitchen and cook some more and do some other stuff and, and then you eat, get fat, you know, whatever you feel like, and then you have to do all the dishes, which I hate. But then like now officially it's Christmas season and I fucking love Christmas. <laughs> a few years jam. ago, didn't you not put up a tree? No, there's never been. A, oh, is it? Oh, I thought. I mean, I'm not gonna say there's never been. I mean, there, <laughs> it was a Christmas where I was out at sea. So, so, so you put up. A, so you you put up a huge tree, right? What do you mean? I'm just. I'm trying to be sarcastic because you have, didn't you have like a three foot tree for a while? <laughs> <laughs> no, not three foot. It was probably like it was four, five. So that, yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> it's probably five or about as tall <clears throat> as me. Yeah. So, but yeah, but then. uh our good friend Ron, he gave me uh, one of his little secondhand treat. Well, gave it to me secondhand, right on, and because uh, he got a new one. And uh, well, he probably had treat. to use a secondhand because they're big and they're heavy. <laughs> yeah. Plus, he had surgery too, so he might have had a third hand. Mm, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, but I love Thanksgiving so much. I love everything about it. But this year is going to be different because I'm here in Illinois with all this family, that's true, and yeah. I'm not used to that. So, are you not going to be able to cook? I'm not going to be able to cook. Oh, I, I told, I've been telling them I love Thanksgiving. I love to cook. I always cook. This would be a first year where I'm not cooking. I enjoy it. And then today I texted, you know, my, my stepmom and I was like, Hey, is there anything I need to bring? She was like, Nope. I was like, Ugh. so I show up and I don't even fuck. You know what? I won't have, I won't have fucking leftovers. Mm, yeah, that's true. And now I just realized that she's going to hear me, bitch. <laughs> So you want to go back and say something else? I don't mind. You can no, go back and say something else. No, 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 no. I don't want this in here. I want it. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, they probably will send me home with leftovers. They always send me home with something. Every time we even go over there for dinner, they'll be like, come on for dinner. Anything leftover, they always pack up and like, here, you guys take the rest home. We're like, okay. Like you, so, you take it. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Am I a charity? I am a charity case here. So uh, hmm. I came here in desperation. I was, <laughs> I defected from Florida. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but anyway, enough about me. What about you? Do you have any Thanksgiving traditions? Um, we, we as well go to the in-laws house. Um, yeah. My wife and my mother-in-law usually cook. Um, while I hang out with my sister-in-laws and my kids. And um, so, yeah, we, we always do that every year. This year we're doing it a little bit different. We're going to, to my wife's aunt's house. Um, and then all my wife's family, like she has a pretty small extended family, but they're, they're a lot closer than my family is. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a different feel over there. Cause everybody's all happy to see each other. Everybody's like friends and text each other and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But what we've done, we, we don't do it every year, but we do it on and off every year. Uh, or on and off year to year, um, we on the on good uh, what is it um, Black Friday African American Friday, um, <clears throat> we um, we make our own Thanksgiving dinner at home. Oh, 
So like we always, we usually have leftovers from my mother-in-law's house, but we make our own, we go through the whole process all over again on Friday so that that way we can have it with just, just our, our kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, we, we still, yeah, we good. do both. So you could easily do the same thing. That's true. That's I true. mean, if you really, think about if that. you really enjoy cooking, <laughs> it makes it sound like I'm like downing you. Um, then just get a, <laughs> get a smaller turkey. You know, it doesn't have to be a big, like, 21-pound turkey or anything. Just get one that's, Why? like, 8 pounds or 9 pounds. I always get a 20-pound one just for me and oh, myself. okay. So then get whatever kind of turkey you want and then wake up on Friday and just go through the whole process all over again. Or wait yeah. and do it the following week. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I mean, let me retract a little bit what I said a minute ago. It sounded like I was oh, a bitch. Oh, because oh, you're I'm listening. Not. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's hear this. Let's hear. I'm with, I'm with you guys. Let's hear what he has to say. No. Like, oh, no, come. no. No, I am excited to see um, to be on Thanksgiving around a bunch of family. I'm not used to it. I'm used to it. There's been many Thanksgivings where I sat home alone by myself. Yeah. Because this is back when I didn't have my son full time and I just saw my kids on the weekends or whatever. And and I didn't have to work. So I would literally sit home on Thanksgiving completely alone. And you know how depressing that is? I'm sure. I've spent a lot it of Thanksgivings sucks. eating at McDonald's. Because I would have to, when yeah. I worked retail, I had to work Thanksgiving every year. Because it's the day before Black Friday. We got to get everything ready. So there was a <laughs> lot of Thanksgivings, where, especially when I lived with my mom and my mom didn't do Thanksgiving dinner anymore. Yeah, I was eating. The whole time we worked out at the shop, I was eating at McDonald's every year at Thanksgiving. Hmm. So I know what it's like. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that sucked. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, I would always ask you, hey, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Oh, going or making his bomb. I'm like, oh, okay. But see, this is it's the <laughs> same thing though, because you would tell me how much you love cooking and everything. Well, just mm-hmm. like you were saying a minute ago, but like I don't even get the cut. That's what would happen. Like you would, you'd be sitting around going, "Well, fuck, I can't even like." It's my favorite. I can't even cook. Well, so. well, there was like one year where I was like, next year, I swear to God, I was going to volunteer, <laughs> like to any kind of families that I liked. You know, mm-hmm. like. You know, like Adam and, you know, Adam and Andrea or um, my friend Tyler and his wife, Margaret, you know, some people, families I really enjoy and be like, hey, this year I will cook your Thanksgiving. <laughs> I will come to your house. You just buy all the food and I will cook everything for you. I'll even clean up. I'll do everything. I'll serve it as long as I just get to eat with you guys <laughs> and then I'll clean up and go home. With the They'll be like, of, of course you, know? you can eat, but just pull up. Like, we have TV stands out in the living room. <laughs> Like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you can pull the stool over here in the kitchen against the counter. <laughs> but <laughs> we eat at six, you can eat at five forty five. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm assuming all of our listeners know what Thanksgiving and I said it earlier, like half joking, because I was leading into Glen Glen. Um, you know, the yeah. message. But there there might be some people out there that really don't know what Thanksgiving is what Thanksgiving is, and what they tell you in grade school is you know, when the pilgrims came over on the Mayflower, you know, the Native Americans helped them in the first winter because they didn't have anything to eat, which we all know now is a bunch of bullshit because we basically took everything from them. But anyways, um, Thanksgiving is supposed to be a holiday set aside to give thanks because apparently the rest of the day, the rest of the year, you don't have to worry about being thankful for anything. Um, mm. And we celebrate uh, by having a, either a ham or a turkey dinner. Um, so it's basically a, it's basically a holiday about you know, about gluttony, if you really think about it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it is, but it's like the same kind of big dinner you would have at Christmas time, maybe, or, you know, a celebration. That's what we do on Thanksgiving. And it's a time for a family to come together. It's like a precursor to the holiday season, you know, Christmas season. Um, 
here we celebrate um, Christmas, December 25th, but I know some countries celebrate on three Kings day in January. So, but either way it leads into the, the holiday season and stuff. So, yeah. So that's what, uh, it's like, uh, Canada has Thanksgiving also, but they have theirs in October. Mm, just okay. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Just so, so none of you, just so some of you aren't lost what we're talking about with Thanksgiving. That's what it is. Mm. I love it. Just cause main thing too, cause Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday and that Black Friday is the kickoff to the Christmas season. And oh, I, I try my hardest not to leave the house on Black Friday. Just I usually end up, I've always had to work. I think last year or two was the first time I've never had to work on a Black Friday. Yeah. And I usually, <laughs> I want to participate in deals, which now Black Friday deals are much easier than they used to be, say, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, But now you can do a lot of it online. And of course, you have Cyber Mon- Mondays and stuff like that. So. Well, like for the longest time, it would be like, get this 38-inch TV for $45. Okay, first of all, I've never heard of that brand before. <laughs> so I don't really want it. And second, what are you going to do with a 38-inch TV? You know what I mean? They have all this like fucking garbage that they want to put on sale that nobody really wants. And when you go there, like they don't have any of it anyways. <laughs> Get a notebook PC for like uh, some brand. You've never heard of notebook PC for a hundred dollars, right? Okay. I don't need a notebook PC and I've never heard of that brand. So I'm good. Thank you. The only time I've ever done black Friday shopping was a few years ago. I, I know I needed this um, one thing that one of the kids had, my son requested and it just so happens it was going to be a black friday deal at walmart and i was like oh shit i mean i have to go to walmart on black friday i was like this Mm -hmm. sounds like a nightmare yep but this is when they fixed black friday so it's much better it wasn't like it used to be so here it is uh now like i think around in the afternoon and Mm -hmm. i was like shit this ain't gonna be fucking available anymore you know so I walked in. <clears throat> it wasn't as crowded as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Hardly at all. It was just like a normal day at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And then I, I saw this bin. It said Black Friday deal. It had exactly what I wanted sitting right there still. Still with the Black Friday deal on it. And I was like, oh, shit. Here it is exactly. <clears throat> and I was like, but checking out is going to be a nightmare, huh? Nope. <laughs> Not even. I was you shop at Walmart and, like, and you check your own ass out, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Like that. That's why I'm going to Walmart. No, I don't. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, I was in and out in like uh, 15 minutes. Mm, that's on not a bad. Black Friday and got exactly what I wanted on, on the deal. So mm. yeah. we shot primarily online. So yeah, I do too. Because I'm but, convinced that anything that you want on a Black Friday, unless it's something extremely specific, you could probably find the same deal online. <laughs> so. Well, now they have Black Friday deals, even at Walmart, going on. It's going on right now. So yeah. yeah. So, anyways, anyway, ready to, to dive ah. back into this? Ah. Man, I don't know what I, I just would do thought, man. You. All right. So you, when we left off, you have such a beautiful mind. You saying I'm mentally handicapped? Wasn't that a movie about somebody that's mentally handicapped? Beautiful mind. <laughs> no, he's a genius, but oh. he did have some. Uh, Mental issues along with it. So you're it. saying I have mental issues. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Next, you're going to be doing impersonations on me with thick glasses and a funny accent. Hmm. Hmm. Let me just have a big paper mache head you're going to put on. <laughs> All right. Thanks, <clears throat> booth. <laughs> okay. So when we left off, 
Yeah. So a lost World War II Japanese sailor has captured some of the castaways. Mm. He believes the war is still going on. Gilligan and the skipper have discovered his submarine, and Gilligan has now stolen the boat and is off to sail to Hawaii to get help. The skipper stays behind and hopes for the best. Real quickly, before we get back into it, do you remember mm-hmm. me telling you about a movie I saw recently about some castaways and it starred like Ricky Schroeder and Elliot Gould? And yeah, I remember one. you talking about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I still can't remember the name of the movie, but this was a part of that movie, too, on this island where Japanese mm. soldiers that still thought World War II was going on. Interesting. I just remembered that. The only other movie I've seen where Castaways on an Island is either Castaway or Lord hmm. of the Flies. I think that's, that's the only two movies that I've hmm. seen about people stranded on an island. But anyways, <clears throat> scene 13. As the skipper continues to watch the submarine's periscope move around the lagoon, he notices that Gilligan keeps driving in circles under the water. He takes a few steps back and gets comfortable as the periscope goes around and around the lagoon, never leaving. Hmm. All of a sudden, Hmm. Gilligan surfaces and pops open the hatch. He sees a man sitting on a nearby rock and says, hey, you, there's seven people captured on an island by a Japanese sailor. Hey, you. Gilligan jumps out of the submarine and runs over to the skipper. He grabs his arm and says, look, I know exactly where they are. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We got to hurry. Gilligan attempts to drag the man over to the boat, unaware mm-hmm. that it's the skipper. Oh, Gilligan. <laughs> the skipper, rolling his eyes, finally breaks away from Gilligan and says, Gilligan. Hmm. Gilligan looks at him and asks, skipper, how did you get to Hawaii? The skipper says, oh, you never left the lagoon. Gilligan asks, I didn't. The skipper says, no, Gilligan, I told you to head northwest. Gilligan says, I know that. The skipper asks, then why didn't you do what I told you? Gilligan says, because you didn't tell me what northwest looked like in Japanese. Hmm. The skipper, as if he's confused, asks, Japanese? (laughs) Gilligan says, yeah, all the directions down there are written like that. He points to the writing on the side of the boat. The skipper says, oh, I never thought of that. The skipper says, oh, Gilligan, then we've got to find that that sailor and have him teach you, (laughs) teach you how to drive his sub. You know, maybe he'll put his gun down long enough to teach you how to drive this sub." Gilligan says, I could learn real fast. The skipper says, good Gilligan. (laughs) As the skipper smiles at his fail-safe plan, (laughs) he thinks for a second and says, Now, if you were a Japanese sailor, where would you be? Gilligan says, I don't know. Down in Tijuana? (laughs) It's weird that he said that. (laughs) Yeah, it is. No, Gilligan says, in Tokyo. The skipper says, No, I mean on the island, Gilligan. The skipper looks around and says, we've got to find that Japanese sailor. Come on. Gilligan and the skipper then take off to find the sailor. So have him, have the Japanese sailor teach him Japanese so Gilligan can go get rescue. Right. That's the plan? Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. He he really couldn't figure out how to operate a compass as a Japanese. <laughs> a compass is a compass, man. It is, yeah. It doesn't matter. You can draw a picture of a of a 
a sheep on it if you want. It's, it's still a compass. It's <laughs> numbers are the numbers, no matter what language yeah. you're speaking. Yeah. One still looks like a one. Zero nine zero still points to zero nine zero. <laughs> so I, I, it's funny at one point when the periscope was going around you could see the scuba tank of the guy carrying it i thought that was kind of funny um <laughs> so yeah yeah I, it painfully obvious but that's, so he never thought that a japanese sub would have japanese instruments in japanese like it's <sighs> oh my god scene 14 meanwhile back at the prison camp Mr. Howe continues to bargain with the Japanese sailor. He says, would you settle for a general manager of a European sales force? <laughs> the Japanese sailor says, I'm Japanese sailor, Imperial Navy. I'm loyal to my emperor. <laughs> Mr. Howe says, well, loyalty is something I admire in every man. It's a positive virtue. But would you be loyal to, say, $50,000? The sailor says, no, no, no. But thank you for important information. He then bows to Mr. Howell. Mr. Howell asks, what important information? The sailor says that war is nearly over and that American army is in bad, bad shape. Mr. Howell barks <laughs> back, I never said the American army was in bad shape. Sailor says, must be to make a man like you officer. The sailor laughs at his own jokes. He just laughs. And then says, I go talk to lady prisoner, Arigato. He then proudly turns and walks to the lady's cage. Hmm. Ooh, you're like go-go dancers in there, too. I really think that this guy had mental problems. Because <laughs> it's, it's not, not like the, the character, because it's not so much of a, of a, uh, like a language barrier thing as much yeah. as it is like, because like, you know, he tied up you know, grenades like Christmas lights. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> Are you talking about the professor even confirmed it was genius. Yeah. Very ingenious. And second, he's obviously been stopping at places to get fuel and supplies on his little sub. <laughs> and for him to not be able to figure out that this world, like when was the last time he saw any boats explode or any heard any gunfire or, you know what I mean? Like, he has to be pretty stupid. It's not like he's been hanging out on the same island for 40 years. That'd be different, but. Right. He's been traveling around shit, fucking. Yeah. Stopping off in fucking Tijuana. Yeah. So for 40 something years, he hasn't seen a single battleship or anything. <laughs> right. And he just, he thinks that they're just good at hiding. Like, I'm, like I'm, <laughs> And he's, he apparently is a one man crew of an entire Japanese submarine. A very small submarine. <laughs> he can't just like go home. Right. And be like, yo, like, I haven't heard from anybody. Like, what's going on? And then yeah. they'll be like, um, we don't even have a, a military anymore. I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like, he obviously doesn't have, he can't have, I mean, to have 20 years worth of money to buy supplies. Come on. Like, he obviously doesn't have money. He has to be going somewhere to get his supplies, probably some sort of Japanese base or something. And they're just like, oh, <laughs> here he comes. Watch this. <laughs> no, nah, man. No, nah, war still. It's going on. And you just, you got to resupply and go back out again. As soon as he leaves, ha. You dumbass. <laughs> Dude's fucking blind. Like, <laughs> How's the war coming, man? How's the war? <laughs> war is hard, man. War is hell. I know. Do you want a receipt or... <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> so Mr. Hal offers him $50,000 mm -hmm. 
Okay. Do you know how much that is in 2022 money? What was it? There was it was an episode not too long ago where we talked about money. What was it? I think it was oh the gold episode. He was saying that two hundred. You were we were or we were saying two hundred dollars was like something like five grand or something. I don't remember. So if it's the same amount, God, I suck at math. <laughs> um, I have to say I don't know. Um, hundred thousand dollars? I don't know. No, more than that. Probably two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So fifty thousand dollars in twenty twenty two money is four hundred and seventy three thousand. Mm. And $34 and 92 cents. Damn. Yeah. And he said no to that. Well, I guess, I guess in the, the Japanese, like Imperial Navy, they, they were hundred percent about dying for their country and for the emperor and stuff. So I oh, get yeah. that. Had kamikaze pilots. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I understand that. Yeah. He sure didn't mind doing it for a little bit of, a little bit of ass. Does he <laughs> <laughs> fucking pervert? <laughs> So before we start this next scene, I do want to remind everybody <laughs> the following scene does not reflect the opinions of the host of the show nor the retro network. Uh, the, stereoty- <laughs> the stereotypes depicted in the scene are untrue and just a look back at that time period. Okay. Just so everybody's reminded. I understand that we've been accused of being too sensitive for this, but we're just trying to cover our asses. So you realize a lot of our listeners like, Oh, here it is. Come here. That was going to be good. Okay, go ahead. You know, a lot of our listeners are doing that right now, right? Yeah. They're waiting for the scene. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And good luck, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Scene 15. Once at the ladies cage. The Japanese soldier unlocks the door and opens it up. He then steps inside and locks it again. He looks Ginger up and down as she smiles at him. He continues on and looks at Marianne. He passes on her, too, and then spots Mrs. Howell. Oh, shit. Walks over to her face to face. He says, you are married to Big Mouth. (laughs) Lovey says, I am Mrs. Thurston Howell III. The sailor says, have been two other like that? Mrs. Howell exclaims, there may be a Thurston Howell the fourth. The Japanese sailor look. No, no, I just oh, don't oh. understand that line. What does that mean? There may be. She doesn't know she had a it means kid she, or not. It means she might divorce him. That's the way I took it. Or wait a minute, is she saying she might get pregnant? She's too old. She get pregnant. <laughs> but she's saying this is like there may be a Thurston Howell the fourth. Like I may have had a kid. I'm not oh, sure oh, yet. Oh, okay. I'm still mm-hmm. looking into it. The Japanese sailor looks straight into the camera and asks. Wonder why Emperor want United States. He then shrugs. Hmm. Mrs. Howell says, I demand you. Oh, no. I demand you let us out of here immediately. The sailor says, oh, no can do. (laughs) Mrs. Howell says, then I have nothing more to say to you. Camera bug. (laughs) The fuck? The sailor's fun of because. Japanese people like cameras. Oh, oh, oh. It's I thought it was a, like a bed bug. Like, I'm saying, I got like eight cameras and I've never had any bugs on my cameras, but all right. Hmm. The sailor smiles and says, I changed my mind. <laughs> Mrs. Howell <laughs> asks, Then you're going to let us free? The sailor says, uh, No. I was going to torture your husband, but now I'll leave that to you. Hey, oh! Hell yeah. 
Mrs. Howe gasps and says, oh, Marianne, I think I've been insulted. <laughs> the sailor now turns to Marianne and walks towards her. He says, now you, you, I not ask it. Ah, maybe you give me information. <laughs> Marianne turns away from him and says, I'd rather die. The sailor says, ah, that could be arranged. Uh-huh. Mm. Just then, Ginger pretends to hurt her ankle. I'm guessing because she feels left out and a man isn't paying any attention to her. <laughs> Probably. The sailor sees this and he turns to Marianne and says, don't go away. No. He looks at Ginger and asks, American movie star. And she hurt? No. <laughs> That's awesome. The sailor runs over to Ginger and says, I think I sprained my ankle. The sailor says, oh, that's too bad. Ginger says, maybe if you rub it. Uh, I mean, men's hands are so strong. <laughs> the sailor blushes and smiles. He says, oh, hey, I was the strongest sailor in all Navy. I broke five boards, one inch thick. <laughs> oh, with karate. <laughs> He then keops and does a hand chop motion. Ginger jumps in surprise, smiles and says, and so handsome too. <laughs> the sailor blushes and says, handsome. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Ginger smiles at him and says, yes, you are. <laughs> the Japanese sailor says, good rooking. Maybe. Ginger agrees and actually says, very, very good looking. <laughs> the sailor looks at Ginger and says, you're good looking too. Ginger giggles and says, thanks. If we're back in Hollywood now, then you'd be, they'd be crazy about you. <laughs> the sailor surprised asks, Hollywood? Me? In the movies? Ginger says, oh, yes, there's a lot of parts for big, strong Japanese men. <laughs> the sailor chuckles at the idea and says, oh, well, I could play a movie star like Robert Taylor or like Robert Montgomery. Or how about the other one? Royd Bridges. Hmm. Ginger laughs and says, no, silly. Those are white men. It would be insulting for a Japanese man to play a white man. I mean, who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> like Hollywood would do that. Like they'd be insensitive. <laughs> so there's a lot of parts for Japanese men. Apparently not for the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ginger just laughs and says, yes, you've got such smooth hair and a handsome face. The sailor asks again. And good rooking? Ginger smiles wide and says, very good rooking. Uh -huh. The sailor just laughs. Ginger goes what? on. He didn't just laughs. What? He didn't just laughs. What do you mean? 
Sailor Gisla. Well, you know how we oh, say it. Oh, shit. I, I was thinking, like, does he want me to say it like a Japanese person? Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> like, okay. <clears throat> the Sailor just laughs. <laughs> Ginger goes on in strong hands. <laughs> the sailor with his glasses all steamed up says, oh, please, you steam glasses. <laughs> it's so awkward saying it. <laughs> just then, Marianne says, Ginger, I wouldn't do that. Ginger asks, why not? <laughs> Marianne says, I don't think he's had shore leave in like 20 years. Marianne goes on to say, I mean, he's going to nut in like two seconds. He probably hasn't showered his balls. Yeah, like his balls going to be all stinky and shit. Like, <laughs> 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 Mrs. Howell yet again exclaims, I demand you release us. <clears throat> Marianne says, oh, after all, the war is over. Mm. Ginger says, and I won't speak to you again if you don't. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. The sailor says, how you say no in English? Mm -hmm. He thinks for a second and says, ah, no. Oh, shit. That's how you say that shit. Mm. He puts his glasses back on and walks off. Ginger just shrugs. Hmm. So I put, oh shit, a Jim Halpert. Oh damn. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I think the three of them could have taken him because he's not that big. Right. I mean, especially like Lovey because Lovey was working in a mine and shit. Like, you know, she could take him out. You know, she could. <laughs> right. Um, I just, I just realized watching this, like when I was watching this, I just realized mm -hmm. that he's dressed like Donald Duck. Like literally the, yeah, literally the, the costume he has on, it's like the hat with a little thing that hangs down in the back and like the, <laughs> he's dressed like Donald Duck. And he had um, no pants on too, which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a Japanese sailor who's been at war for 22 years, 23 years mm -hmm. would know Hollywood. Yeah, like to be able to Hollywood name actors and shit. Yeah, but Japanese, the Japanese, like Imperial Japan did. I <laughs> uh, remember he went to college in UCLA. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Marianne looked at him up and <laughs> Marianne looked at him up and down. She was like, and I surely even years like, like she, like she saw his boner. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought that was funny because he's got those baggy pants on because you know that shit showed. You know he quit wearing <laughs> underwear a long time ago. <laughs> Just saying. Hmm. He's free falling. Scene 16. Skipper and Gilligan have found where the rest of the castaways are being held. Oh. They hide behind a log and watch the Japanese sailor. He stands with his rifle and says, I don't sleep for 48 hours. I'm asleep. Mr. Howell says, you seem to be forgetting the rules of the Geneva Conference. Is that different than the Geneva Convention? I always thought it was Geneva Convention, but... All right. Officers are entitled to special treatment. The sailor walks over to Mr. Howell and says, Ah, you get special prison camp. Mr. Howell says, I'm referring to the cocktail hour. The sailor turns to the professor and asks, You sure he's on your side? The professor has this, like, not sure what to call it, but his face has like this, I don't know, it's like it, it distorts or shapeshifts. No, no that, that was a smile. Oh, he smiled yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, it's it's weird when he does it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I wasn't. I was like, "What is that? What's going on?" He's like, "It turned to werewolf or something." I didn't know. 
Okay, so the professor smiles again okay, and says, yeah, yeah. not always. The sailor looks at them and simply says, I sleep over there. Don't you escape? And they're all Mr. like, Hallis damn it. <laughs> I was just getting ready to. Mr. Hollis says, escape? The way you fix this chicken coop? How am I going to escape? The sailor chuckles and says, oh, true. True. <laughs> true that. True. And he points at him. He has that side look like. <laughs> he says, ain't that right, boo? Because the ginger, ginger <laughs> He's goes, like, true. true. Yeah. <laughs> Before the sailor leaves, the professor asks, say, how did you learn to do this? Pointing to the design of the cage. The sailor says, pictures. The professor asks, pictures? Sailor nods and says, American pictures with John Wayne. He then chuckles and walks off to go to sleep. The professor and Mr. Howe just give each other a look of doom. Mm. You know, I used to have a, a bayonet very similar to that. It was from a Japanese Harasaka, which is the type of gun he's carrying. Um, yeah. And I eventually sold it because I just, I had a German bayonet from World War II and I had a Japanese bayonet from World War II. And I just come to the realization that the poor guys that ultimately gave these up probably didn't survive. <laughs> it's not like they go up to American <laughs> soldiers and like, hey. You want to trade? Come on. No, come here. Seriously, you want to trade? I don't think that kind of stuff happened. So I just felt increasingly uncomfortable having this in my house because, you know, just oh, karma, I, I guess. They you know. just found it on the battlefield. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so I used to have one of those. It was neat scene. I was like, oh, shit. I've seen those. So anyways, scene 17. What's that? So it would be pretty cool to have, though. I mean, yeah. all you needed was like an American one and uh, you'd have yeah. the whole set. I had well the German one I had was um, for their um, for their dress uniforms. So whenever they were participating in in parades or something, they had this. It was almost like an ornamental um, um, bayonet, but it wasn't supposed to be used in battle or anything. Um, yeah. And then the Japanese one that was a real one. Um, anyways, hmm. scene seventeen. Meanwhile, the skipper and Gilligan watch as this plays out. The skipper points out and whispers. He's up there. Gilligan says, oh, <laughs> we see that the sailor has climbed a tree to lie down and sleep. Gilligan asks, what are we going to do? The skipper whispers, watch and see what he does. Gilligan whispers back. Oh, <laughs> the skipper says, keep an eye on him. Gilligan asks, what are you going to do? The skipper says, I'm going to let them out. Gilligan whispers. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. The skipper says, now if he makes a move, whistle. Gilligan asks, like this? <laughs> he then whistles really loudly. <sighs> the skipper covers his mouth and asks, do you want to get us captured? Gilligan says, no. <laughs> the skipper rolls his eyes and whispers, I'm counting on you, Gilligan. We see that the sailor has now fallen asleep in the tree. Is he behind the tree? <laughs> no, he's in the tree. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Silly Bill Cosby. Is he behind the tree? <laughs> Gilligan says, don't worry, skipper. Your life is in my hands. <laughs> 
The skipper now has a look on his face like he smells dog shit as he says, I wish you wouldn't keep saying that. Watch him. <laughs> he did. He had this look on his face. It is like, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish you quit saying that. As the sailor slumbers in the tree, the skipper army. The, tree. <laughs> the skipper, I almost said the skipper army. Like, really? The skipper army crawls through the sand closer to the cages that house the castaways. Mm-hmm. Once he reaches the girl's cage, Ginger says, boy, am I glad to see. But the skipper quickly hushes her to be quiet. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. The skipper looks at the lock and says, I'll have you out of here in no time. Professor Realist says, sorry, the pussfester Realist <laughs> says, skipper. It would take a week to saw through those, even if you had a saw. The skipper gets up, sneaks over to the men's cage. He grabs the bar. <laughs> what? Sorry, I just said. Skipper gets up, sneaks over to the men's cage, slaps the shit out of the professor, oh. <laughs> and then crawls back over. To- <laughs> and then, and this is what he says to him. He says. Uh, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Uh, it would be funny if he went over to the mess kids got really close and was like, <laughs> and just like shush in his face really loud. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. But anyways, the skipper gets up and sneaks over to the men's cage. He grabs the bars, but Mr. Howell stops him and says, don't, don't do that. Skipper asks, why not? Mr. Howell says, well, because of pow and smash. The skipper confused asks, did you guys name your dicks while we were held captive? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, And he pointed, pow, and he points down himself, smash. <laughs> he looks at the professor. I thought we were nicknaming, nicknaming buddies. You hear Gilligan going, That was mine. I took that one. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> no, Mr. Howell goes on, Pow, smash, and other gory details that I can't go into right now. Mr. Howell points to the grenade hanging on the wire. The professor whispers, You see, he's got it rigged with grenades. The slightest pressure, and the skipper confirms, pal the two men just nod the skipper comes up with a plan and says i'll dig you out the skipper now moves to another side of the cage you know (laughs) the digging out plan is actually a good plan and it makes me wonder why they didn't do that before yeah why didn't the professor think of that (laughs) even later (laughs) when when the skipper's digging him out they're just standing there watching him like they can't fucking dig on their side Well, when I looked at it, it looked like the bamboo was driven down into the ground. It didn't look like it was sitting on the ground. It looked like it was down in the ground. So, um, Because otherwise, they could just pick it up and run. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you go to sleep, and they just lift it up and let each other out. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was awfully convenient that he happened to fall asleep right at this moment. Like, <laughs> it's like what? I have like five people held hostage. I'm gonna go to sleep. What's wrong with that? 
Well, he's been. He said he was been up for two days, so yeah. slept. Scene eighteen. The sailor continues to sleep away in the tree. <laughs> is he behind the tree? No, <laughs> no, Bill. He's in the tree. Uh, why is he so confused? <laughs> While Gilligan keeps a vigilant eye on him. Gilligan now decides to get a closer look and actually walks right up to him from the bottom of the tree. Is he behind the tree? No, he's he's up in the tree. (laughs) He climbs up the tree and gets really close to him. The sailor, while still sleeping, smacks a bug in his leg and startles Gilligan. As Gilligan gets closer, the sailor smacks again. But this time hitting Gilligan on top of his head and scratches. But Gilligan is quick to put his hand on his leg and scratches as not to wake the sailor up. Mm-hmm, that was pretty good. That's pretty genius. Gilligan gets closer and now attempts to untie the key to the cages from around his neck. Once Gilligan has the key, he places the key in his pocket and goes back to the sailor and takes his rifle and climbs down. Is he behind the tree? <laughs> No, he's he's still up in the tree, though. Oh. <laughs> um, I think Gilligan is secretly a genius. <laughs> Seriously, because he's thinking of shit that nobody, literally nobody else is thinking of. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you eat yellow chocolate pudding, you have to watch out for the pudding pincher. <laughs> that's true. That's something I that's, never think yeah, of. That's, that's one thing to watch out for, I guess. Well, no, you have a good point, because... Like, all he was told to do is just watch the guy. Watch mm-hmm. the Japanese sailor, right? right? So then, like, <laughs> this is what I think his thought pattern is. He's like, okay, I'm watching him. He's asleep. Like, what's stopping him from just walking over to him and just taking his gun? <laughs> right, like, right. nothing. Nothing but, like, air and opportunity, <laughs> like some people say. So, yeah. So he was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go over there and just but take his But it also rifle. shows, like, how much Gilligan genuinely cares about everybody on the island. Because he, like... He, the guy had a gun. Like he risked his life. You know what I'm saying? Like he's braver than <laughs> literally anybody. Always yeah. risking his life for everybody else. Like remember when he was going to go fly that plane? He's like, yeah. I'll fucking fly it. He's <laughs> like, you don't know how. Well, then teach me. I'll fucking do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm on board. Hey, you want me to drive a submarine never done before? Fuck it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. He's always right there. Like fucking Johnny on the spot. Hell yeah. Gillen's the man. We, we, should get, hero. we should get shirts for the merch store that has a picture yeah. of Gilligan on it that just says, be Gilligan. That's right. Be don't Gilligan. Be or actually, ginger. don't even put a picture. Not even put a picture of Gilligan on it. Just simple letters that says, be Gilligan. Ooh, mm. ooh, ooh. In a world full of skippers, yeah. be Gilligan. Mm. Damn, that's some heavy shit. Damn. Damn. That gave me goose pimples. Is it behind the tree? <laughs> Fucking Bill Cosby ruined it. Never mind. <laughs> Hmm. Seriously though, that'd be a cool shirt, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. In a world full of skippers, be Gilligan. Mm-hmm. Tell me that don't give you goose pimples. I've got, I've got people bumps, no. gooseies. Hell yeah, that's probably what they call them <laughs> in Australia, gooseies. Glenn, Glenn will let us know. <laughs> Scene nineteen. As the skipper continues to dig out Mister Howell and the professor alone. With them watching. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they could be digging on their side, too. I'm just saying. But anyways, <laughs> as the skipper's digging to free them, Gilligan walks up with a key and two rifles in his hand and asks, Hey, skipper, how you doing? The mm-hmm. skipper says, Shh. 
Don't bother me. I'm doing fine. Gilligan nods and walks away to the other cage where the ladies are. Mm. As he walks over to the ladies cage. Yeah. Hell yeah. To unlock it. Hell yeah. He hands Marianne a heavy what looks like an M60 machine gun. That's not a metaphor. He really does. She (laughs) takes it and sets it down (laughs) while Gilligan unlocks the cage. The ladies step out and Gilligan walks over to the men's cage and unlocks it. Once everyone is free, they all <laughs> they all walk around to where the skipper is still digging. Gilligan hands the skipper a little shovel as he says, here, skipper, use this. Might go a little faster. The skipper <laughs> looks around and sees that everyone is freed. He looks into the camera and gives us a Jim Halpert. <laughs> hmm. I hope I guessed that gun right. It looked like an M60 to me. I mean, I shot an M60 when I was in the Navy. Right. Um, and it was awesome. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, but that was back in like early 2000s. So I haven't seen one since. But uh, just, keep in mind, this would be a Japanese rifle, or at least it's supposed to be a Japanese rifle. So. Hmm. Um, I guess. Once again, Gilligan points that rifle directly at the professor, <laughs> like 100% right at his gut. I don't think that was an accident, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> That was a power move. And we also got another Jim Halpert, which is awesome. <laughs> Scene to one day. Yeah. Once everyone is free, they look around and notice that the Japanese sailor is nowhere to be seen. Aww. Skipper says, he's gone. He was the only one who could have taught us to run that submarine. Man. How are we going to learn Japanese now? <laughs> I mean, if only we had somebody that was... That sounds strange, but like a teacher? I don't know. Like maybe a (laughs) professor or something? Right. Gilligan says, he can't be. Skipper, he can't be. Ginger says, I think he's headed for Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Skipper says, I know. Are you sure? Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Skipper says, we've got to get to that sub before he does. Come on. Even though he left before we did, but we could probably still beat him to it. <laughs> All the castaways now take off to the submarine. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory. Scene 21. <laughs> Once at the lagoon, they all spot the periscope in the water doing circles. <laughs> Mr. Hal rolls his eyes and says, extremely poor seamanship. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> He'd be drummed out of the Sunnybrook Yacht Club. <laughs> the skipper says, I don't understand it. He's driving that thing like he's drunk. Hmm. Gilligan says, he's not drunk, Skipper. (laughs) Gilligan Gilligan then turns around wearing his glasses and does a Japanese impression saying, he not have grasses on. And then he bows and pulls out a camera. (laughs) I think think there was a gong, too. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a gong. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like that's recycled footage from Gilligan was driving it around. Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's only like waste deep water. Just go out there and grab the sub. Like, why are they just not jumping on it? And just, just go <laughs> grab the periscope and start pushing that shit to the side. Like, it'll scare them enough to make them get out. It'll probably make it like dump over. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. That was, uh, oh, that was something. That was, that was one. <laughs> that was an episode. That was one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, 
you know what we did here. We had a good time tonight. And remember, we do love the show. It's just good time and a lot of nostalgia for us. Hell yeah. And we would personally like to thank our producers from Patreon because without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. And of course, of course, hmm. we're giving a shout out to Jenny and Jim because they're the ones that started that ball rolling. They're like, ball, get your fucking ass rolling. That's what the, that's what Jenny and Jim said. <laughs> and they kicked it with their foot like with some some what the Japanese would call chutzpah. Um, <laughs> so we really do appreciate it. And we do appreciate you guys. And, uh, and yeah, <clears throat> so hopefully, hopefully Jim, I'm gonna go up here and visit tax soon. And when, so and when we do that, we need to, to try to meet up and, and say hi. <laughs> say hi. And I just, and I just, and I just leave. So, so yes. Cool. Cool. We do have some homework assignments. I know you guys thought you're going to get off scot-free. Uh, but number one, but Jimmy, it's Thanksgiving weekend. I know. We have to do homework. Yes. Oh, okay. because when you're going to be doing the homework, it ain't going to be Thanksgiving, is it? It's not uh, Thanksgiving until this shit comes out. Point. So, sorry. So, anyways, <laughs> check out the website at www.averybrittypodcast.com. Hmm. Do a rate and review at Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or CastBox. Tell two friends about the show. But if you don't have two friends, tell two people at Thanksgiving. Oh, Hell yeah. Or send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very pretty podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun. At a very pretty Facebook group. And if you'd like to be a producer, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash a very pretty podcast. Is he behind the tree? Oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> Is he still here? Yeah. Check out our Instagram at a very pretty podcast. Follow us on Facebook, and that's where you get real time updates, like if the show yes. is going to be late or something like that. That's where you'll find out. Go do yourself a favor and check out the Retro Network. I'm telling you. I know some of you guys are like, fucking here he goes with the Retro Network again. Seriously, you guys will like it. Trust <laughs> me. If you like the nostalgic part of the show, especially if you're like an 80s, 90s kind of kid like we are, even late 70s kid, you're going to like it. Trust me. So just go check out the Retro Network at theretronetwork.com. <laughs> uh, check out our shop with our affiliate link at com slash shop. Check out our T Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And tell us, what do you think we should make the shirt that says, in a world full of skippers, be a Gilligan? Hmm. Let us know what you think. If you think it's a lame idea, tell us. If you think it's a cool idea, then maybe we'll throw it up in the merch store and see how you guys like it. <laughs> and last but not least, if you don't do any of this stuff, mm -hmm. go check out Gilligan's Island. I'm telling you. This podcast would make it a lot more sense. It'd be a lot funnier if you just watched the show. Mm -hmm. So uh, in tech right now, Mm -hmm. is going to tell you what you can watch next. All right. On the next... Thank you, Jimmy. On the next episode... Yeah. You're, you're, you're welcome, Ted. <laughs> um, in fact, don't watch Gilligan's Island for next week's episode. Fuck, fuck Gilligan's Island. <laughs> don't that care what Jimmy just said. It. Oh, no, 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 not like that. Never mind. No, not like that. I know Jimmy just said to go watch Gilligan's Island, but not for next week. Next week is going to be our part one of A Very Brady Christmas. Ooh, so it's like a substitute teacher. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so just to give a quick little thing, it says the entire Brady mm -hmm. family manages to overcome personal obstacles to spend a happy holiday together. Oh, that's totes adorbs. So look out for part one starting next week. Yes. Also, we want to let everybody know in the month of December, <laughs> starting on December 1st, we will be returning 
for the entire month to the Brady Bunch and starting a four part series for the Brady Bunch TV movie, A Very Brady Christmas. So, uh, so yeah, that's the beginning episode of that. And we look forward to that. That'll be a nice little change. I'm excited. Hell yeah. So unless you have anything else, uh, nope, that's it. Oh, also one more thing. Um, Keep an eye out for our horror podcast. Oh, yeah. That'll be coming out soon. We're still kind of in development. We're still kind of figuring some things out, but we promise you guys will be there. Uh, We were hoping to have it out by by Halloween, but since we missed the Halloween day, we thought, "Eh, let's take our time and make sure it's it's right. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Hell yeah. Yep. So if you don't have anything else. Nope. Nope. In that case, I've, I've been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.